You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your brains, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, AJ Andrews of ChaseFromTheCouch.com. You may have heard the caterwauling of my co-host, Jasmine. There she is, making an appearance on the program. She is very excited. She doesn't offer nearly as much information as my co-host for the previous three episodes. But I'm sorry to say, Mike Wilner, she's a lot cuter. Um, I hope you all enjoyed those episodes with Mike as much as I enjoyed making them. He will definitely be back on the podcast if we can manage it, because that was a great conversation I had. And from the looks of things, you all enjoyed it as well. So I'm glad to see that. Um, just a reminder what we have coming up on the Lockdown Cheese podcast. We have another guest booked, confirmed it today. And we will be talking to them later in the week, so look for that, hopefully on Thursday. And then um, later this month, we're going to be doing some crossover episodes with the other ALE's hosts. So you're going to hear um, Connor Newcomb from Locked On Orioles, Stacey Gotsoulias from Locked On Yankees, um, Gabrielle, I... Sorry, Gabrielle, I'm blanking on your last name. Anyway, she is Locked On Red Sox. And Ulysses Zambrano from Locked on Rays. We're going to cycle through, you know, get some previews that you can use for the divisional rivals. And I promise, I I totally promise, I will not be as down on the Orioles as when I appeared on there the last time. I will do my best to maintain perspective while allowing for some hope to filter in. The Kitty co-host has already left. She lasted about 2% of what Mike Wilner and Scott McCarfer lasted. So that sounds about par for the course for Jasmine. Anyway, coming to you on the Super Tuesday Super because we're going to talk about some super spring training stats none of that politics stuff no one wants to hear that I don't want to hear that anymore it's bad enough when it happens in my own country I gotta listen to the freaking Americans but we are going to go through some of the spring training stats that have piled up a little bit and over the next day or two I think we're gonna dissect whether they're super stats or they're just spring training noise. And I know Tim and Sid kind of have the moratorium on super stats, but that's more of a generic term, I think. So I can just say, like, or spectacular stat. There. Now I can't get sued. Take that. Anyway, I have a couple names I want to look at. And I want to start with a man who 
really needed to have a good start to spring training to kind of erase some of the bad memories that 2019 held. And that is the goggled one, Danny Jansen. So obviously Jansen's struggles at the plate last year were very well known. He wasn't able to pull his average above the Mendoza line until like summer, which is not great. Just a ridiculously bad March, April, May for Jansen led to a very subpar offensive season for a guy who is known to do damage with his bat, but lost a lot of luster in that regard to Reese McGuire last year. Although he definitely has a lot more respect than Reese McGuire right now for reasons. So Jansen was one of those guys who's going to be watched like a hawk to see how he responded to last season, what he's done to make adjustments to make himself more effective heading into 2020. And so far in very limited results, signs are good. In five games, Danny Jansen has gotten eight at-bats. He has four hits for a 500 batting average. Half of those hits could not be contained by the Florida ballparks. So he has two home runs, five RBIs, three walks, which anytime a Blue Jay shows off a, a batting eye, that's always a plus. So... That leaves the slashes at 500 for average, 636 for on base, a 1.25 for slugging, and a 1.886 for OPS. Now, again, these are spring training stats. So, what do we take from this? Well, we take that Jansen is starting to look more like the guy we thought would be a more productive catcher last year. And I have a lot more faith in him being able to bounce back pretty well from a subpar 2019. I actually recently did a fantasy draft, my first fantasy draft of the year. And yeah, this is where AJ talks about her fantasy team. So whatever, tune out. But it is relevant here because... I basically punted on catcher until like late. It's a 16 team draft and I punted on catcher until like round like 18 because I knew Danny Jansen would be available and he was. And so he is my starting catcher. He's in tandem with Francisco Mejia, but I am planning on using Jansen more because I, I like what I'm seeing out of these spring results. I like the refined batting eye he's showing Like I said, those three walks mean as much to me as two home runs. Because, you know, the old adage goes, a walk is as good as a hit. And the Blue Jays did not have too many of those just as good as a hit sort of at-bats last year. They were hard to come by. And while other early spring stories like Rowdy Telez and Anthony Alford have gone back to their free-swinging ways. 
and not for the better. Jansen has yet to strike out in a plate appearance so far, which when you compare that to last year, when he struck out 79 times in 384 plate appearances. So, you know, again, not a great ratio when you're approaching every one in four bats. If he can start reversing that and bring the batting eye up and and start to even out that ratio a bit more, that will probably help start bringing his average up as well because if he, obviously, if he's seeing better pitches, he's going to be able to hit them better. And Jansen did have a lot of bad luck last year when it came to the batting average on balls in play. So there is going to be a natural correction there as well. So if you combine those factors, it it's not out of the realm of possibility for Danny Jansen to put up a 240 season with 20 home runs and like 65, 70 RBIs. And that's pretty good for a catcher in this day and age. So I'm seeing something in the stats for Danny Jansen this year. I like what I'm seeing in those stats and I I am positive on what the future holds for him in 2020. We'll talk about someone on the pitching side right after this break. You are locked on Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back. So I said I wanted to talk about some pitching and some stats I'm seeing there. So that's what I'm going to do because this is my show. Shock. So the big story from Monday was the long-anticipated return of Matt Shoemaker from his HCL injury. And it was like he never left, honestly. Again, you're going to have to take spring training results with a grain of salt. But two and two-thirds innings pitched five strikeouts in those eight outs. Only gave up the one hit. That is exactly what the Blue Jays need to see out of Matt Shoemaker. Just to alleviate some fears. You know, how's his leg going to hold up? Does he have the same mentality? Looks like everything's fine. With Matt Shoemaker, and he looked very emotional getting back out there and getting the chance. And for someone who has been as snake bitten by injury as Matt Shoemaker has in his career, you have to hope this is this is the year that his body does not betray him, and he gets to stay healthy and put together a season that is of his caliber because he has that ability. Even when he was with the Angels during those lean years, he showed he has the ability to be a a mid-rotation guy at the major league level. So if he can go out there and do that, that takes a lot of pressure off the off the younger pitchers, which I mean, early results are mixed. Um I don't like Jacob Wagasback walking five batters in two and a third innings. That's not a good way for sustained MLB success. TJ Zoix obviously had a couple of rough outings. He's not looked his best. 
Um, Thomas Pannone has given up five hits in an inning and two thirds. That's not what you want out of your lefty reliever. Probably why Mark Zemchinski got a look. He got a scoreless inning in, so that's a good start for the alphabet. Julian Merriweather, the second appearance, nowhere near as good as the first. But for a guy who hasn't pitched in a while, I'm willing to take the up and downs there. No, the young pitcher who is standing out is the one who absolutely needs to in order to force the issue with the Blue Jays, and that is Trent Thornton. And now, I have said repeatedly on this podcast, I think Trent Thornton is ticketed for Buffalo. I think he starts down there as the ace, and if there is a sign of injury with any of the four main starters, or Chase Anderson looks like Chase Anderson did in his other appearance, which was not great. But... If there is an opening, then I figured Thornton would be called up. Yamaguchi would be the fifth starter until Pearson got the call up. But Thornton is making it very difficult, which is what he needs to do. In his two appearances, he's got five innings under his belt, which is the most of any Blue Jays pitcher so far. He was piggybacking on one of the starts, but he has not given up a hit in those five innings. He's walked three batters. Which you don't necessarily want to see, but you can you can again shock up to the spring. But he is he's looking unhittable so far. And you know, again, he's being treated as a starter, so he's facing regular MLB batters and looking very good. It looks like that Clay Buckles curveball is taken hold permanently, which is all you needed out of Clay Buckles. So thanks for that, Clay. Hope you find some work. But seeing Thornton put that up like this, again, no matter how you want to take it, it gives you faith that the Blue Jays do have options should the injury bug hit like it did last year. Or that they have a young arm that can be someone that can help bridge the gap to Pearson and stick with Pearson even as they grow. Because, like, those Atlanta Braves teams, they didn't just have their young guy built around them. That was a core that grew up. That was Smoltz and and Glavin coming up. They added Maddox from the Cubs. But those guys and Steve Avery made the bulk of the rotation, and they spent a lot of time together. And having that kind of camaraderie in the starting rotation can only help the performance. Matt Shoemaker was doing this last year when all the pitchers were gathering in the bullpen while, you know, warm-ups were happening. Shoemaker going out there on his on his busted leg and still being a part of that. What we're starting to see with these Blue Jays is the maturation that we've wanted so much. And it and it we knew the 2019 season was going to be painful, but you know, you take your lumps and you learn from them. And it's looking like Trent Thornton has learned that lesson very quickly. He's proving to be a pretty good student. So I'll be interested to see how this battle continues to unfold between him and Yamaguchi. Because again, Yamaguchi has the edge with the MLB contract and the lack of options. But Trent Thornton is making it very difficult. And that is what you want 
at this stage in the game, if you're the Blue Jays, you want to start making some difficult choices. And it looks like the players are going to force it. And that is a beautiful thing. So that brings us to the end of this late Tuesday episode. Again, thank you for sticking with me. The schedule is not kind to me in the early going of the week. Hopefully that will change soon. But until then, I thank you for sticking with me and listening to these. Even if you're listening to them on Wednesday, I don't care. It's your life. You do what you want with it. So, you know, if you should want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at a underscore J underscore Andrews. The underscores are in there because, of course, Twitter is dumb. You can subscribe to the podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts, you can find Locked On Blue Jays and other great Locked On content. And you can just play it, like say, hey, Alexa, or hey, Siri, or hey, insert Google name here. I guess it's just Google. That's not great. Work on that, Google. Get get someone more personable than Google. Anyway, you can just tell them, hey, play Locked On Blue Jays, and it'll totally do that. It'll take you right to the episodes. And you can go back and listen to those great Mike Wilner episodes or those great Scott MacArthur episodes or great episodes that just has me because I think they're all pretty good. And you can follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Locked on Jays. It's a great way to get in contact with us. And I look forward to doing this again when it's not one twenty-three in the morning. Yep. Gonna try and get some sleep. Fingers crossed. Anyway, for everyone at the Lark and everyone at jaysrundacoach.com, I'm EJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. And y'all take care.